my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project UP, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Here we go again. I feel like uh, we're getting ready to do a Rams game. We're getting ready to do another <laughs> show. There's just there's so many things that uh, you and I need to get to today, but I, I don't want to bury the lead. I want to make right. sure that we get to this right out of the gate because it's important. Uh, Funches told me something earlier today that I think is is breaking news that's uh, quite, fun, quite frankly a little shocking along the way. Slee tweeted from his vacation yesterday. Oh, wow. Slee, Slee just popped up with a single tweet uh, kind of talking about uh, Kobe Bryant Day, right? They did mm-hmm. just a, a quick little young Kobe uh, tweet that Slee put out there. But Funches had an interesting theory that maybe he's actually not out anywhere, that he's just holed up at home just kind of <laughs> doing what he does, but he never actually went anywhere. <laughs> he's we like are. wearing hats and sunglasses <laughs> everywhere around town, so he's not recognizable. <laughs> I, I can see both, by the way. I can see him actually going on a vacation, but then it's like he doesn't want to be on vacation because he doesn't want to miss anything that has to do with Lakers. Like he just does not like. I need to be there. So I, I, I today I think we're 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 uh, seeing him from a distance in terms of, or we're feeling him from a distance. Yeah, I, I look. I want him to enjoy his vacation, obviously, but I was kind of hoping that the Lakers would make like a big personnel move at some point while he was gone <laughs> and just really throw him into crisis about whether or not he should come home. And- he has to do an emergency YouTube <laughs> video from wherever he is in the world, and he's just like his his girlfriend's like, "Come on, we got dinner reservations." He's like, "No, no, no, no." no. <laughs> they just traded for I don't know Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Hey, Laker fans need me. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to the, the people demand my uh, my takes. What is he a superhero? Situation. Yeah, that's right. He just goes into a phone booth. He comes out. He's wearing his suit and he's uh, breaking down the Lakers. Just in, they had the Lakers logo in the sky. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, Kirk, the Dodgers are getting ready to go to San Diego. They're in San Diego, getting ready to open that series, I should say. And it's 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 pretty interesting because this rivalry went from something that was really compelling. Go all the way right. back to spring training. Remember when Justin Turner said it's going to be like 19 World Series games this season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the then the season started, and it was really good. Really the good. Dodgers and, and, and Padres games to open up the season were really, really competitive. The Dodgers swept them at the, at the beginning. And they, okay, and the Padres come up to L.A., and really since then, they've kind of given it to the Dodgers. They have not played well against the Padres at all. It doesn't feel like that all of a sudden, does it? It feels like two things have really changed. The Dodgers are still playing really great baseball. They've won 13 of their last 15. But the Padres have just come unglued, and I wonder what this series is going to look like because the Padres are going to come in desperate. Yeah, they're, they're coming in desperate, but they still come in with confidence. Uh, they're going against a division rival. Division rivals, it, it doesn't matter. You know, don't look at the records. Don't look at who, how many games behind. It's just two teams that know each other very well. I mean, the San Diego Padres were constructed for one reason and one reason alone is to beat the Dodgers, to compete mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. That's why they went after the names that they did. They want to be the Dodgers. And so, how do you want to be the Dodgers? Basically, you got to go out there and you got to push them around a little bit. You got to go out there and say, hey, we're not little brother down here in San Diego anymore. 
So they've made this rivalry this year uh, something to see. You know, they've had the flair. They've got the superstars. They've got the names. And so now they just have to get more of the substance where the Lakers are like, it's kind of like the, you know, not the Lakers, or the Dodgers are kind of like the Lakers, right? Like, just take a look at those banners. Like, we, we got banners. Yeah. Like, we're, we're good. You guys are trying to catch us. And I think that's where this whole rivalry has sort of changed in that San Diego is trying to yell from the mountaintops, hey, we've arrived. And yet the Dodgers said, no, you haven't. Like, yeah, no, no you they're, they're, they're not there. In fact, they're going in the wrong direction. They, they, here, here's how you know that things are going really bad for you that you're kind of sort of in the playoff race. They're only a game behind the Reds in the wild card ring, and right. you start firing your coaches. Yeah. And that's what the Padres did uh, yesterday. They fired Larry Rothschild, their pitching coach, and they did the whole, oh, it's not his fault. You know, we all take responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then when, why, why is he the one sitting on his couch this morning? Yeah. If it wasn't his fault and you didn't think it was his fault, why is he the one at Starbucks right now on a laptop, <laughs> link, uh, you know, updating his LinkedIn page if yeah. it wasn't his fault? So stop with that whole deal, right? They, they, this is panic mode. For the Padres, and they weren't able to do exactly what the Dodgers were able to do. When their pitching fell apart, right? And, and by the way, thanks COVID, because right. going from a 60-game season to a full 162-game, every pitching staff in baseball has been just absolutely hammered with guys going down. The Dodgers have used 37 pitchers this year. The Padres are in a similar situation where they've used a million guys too. The difference being all the guys that the Potters have thrown out there have not done very well. The Dodgers right. have done such an I, – I, I know we talked about this the other day, Kirk, but imagine if in the NFL an entire offensive line was gone. Not not just your left tackle or not just your center. <laughs> right. All of them. All, all five, five guys. guys. Both yeah. tackles, both guards in the center. They're all gone. Yeah. And you basically had to say, you know what, we don't have any offensive linemen left, but what we're going to do is – uh, we're going to get two offensive linemen from another team. Uh, we'll, okay, so now we got two. But you know what? Give me a wide receiver. Put him in there. Uh, give me a, a fullback. Put him in there. And, uh, you know, that tight end guy, we can slide him in. Okay, now we got an offensive line. It would be a disaster, right? Yeah. Nothing would work. Only that's what the Dodgers have done. They took a bunch of relief pitchers, turned them into starting pitchers or bullpen days or however you want to describe it, and they continue to win games. Potters couldn't do it. Hmm. Uh, you know what? I think that was a great comparison, by the way, using the uh, offensive line because that's really what it was with the Dodgers. But I think it also forced everybody to be engaged. And when I say engaged, we look relief pitchers in baseball—they don't work unless you need them. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like relief pitching, if if you've got five starters who can go seven, eight, eight innings every single game, the relief pitching doesn't really it doesn't really happen. But when you look at where the Dodgers are and what they've been having to do over the last, like, two, two and a half months, Travis, it became an all-in effort. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a part of this. Hey, we, the only way that we'll be able to survive this little bit of adversity is if everybody buys in, but everybody contributes. We cannot jump on Clayton Kershaw's shoulders this time. It's just not going to work. We can't just jump on Mookie Bet. We can't jump on the guys who we rely on. This is going to have to be everybody doing their part. Right where I look at San Diego, a little bit different. Like you, you they're trying to say, well, we're going to jump on this guy's show. Well, Tatis can't do it. The Dodgers can't keep. That's why the Dodgers didn't go after Machado again, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Like they're good pieces, but you can't. Those guys are showing that you cannot carry a team. It takes a team, and the Dodgers are proving that they have a better team overall. That's what I've been seeing. Yeah, well, think about it like this, Kirk, and we'll, we'll see it again tonight. That Julio Arias is going to pitch for the Dodgers, but considering he's coming off of an injury, I would not expect him to go seven or eight innings. I think if you can get four right. or five out of him, you're probably feeling pretty good about it. But 
they're going to have to go into that bullpen again. And then you've got Scherzer and Bueller on the back end of the series, mm-hmm. which is really bad news for the Padres because those guys don't lose very often. But here's what we're talking about. We're talking about a team that has had to come up with a, a situation well, where a guy like, and I'm just pulling one out of thin air here, sure. Phil Bickford, for instance, okay, okay. <laughs> who was, was, was not even on the roster, who was not a guy that the Dodgers were planning on using at all this season, right. has had to pitch a whole bunch of really important innings. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're not we're not to, like Kenley Jansen is going to pitch important innings. We know Correct. that Blake Trine and Victor Gonzalez, those relief pitchers, you're going to have to get guys through there. But a guy like Bickford, a guy like Vezia, a guy like Uceta, a guy these are names. Kirk, I'm a I'm a pretty plugged in Dodger fan. Correct. I pay attention to a lot of stuff. Okay, I know who Josiah Gray was before he got to the major leagues. I know right. who Mitch White. Th- th- there are some guys I never heard of these guys, <laughs> and and here they come. And they've yeah. been the backbone of this team for a large part on three out of five days when it's not Scherzer or it's not Bueller, and they keep winning. And the, everything we're saying about the Dodgers, the opposite has happened with the Padres, where their pitching went south and they've just been dead in the water. It's like watching that third preseason game now in the NFL or the fourth preseason game. Yeah. Where you're watching and you're saying, wait, wait, who is this guy again? <laughs> wait, wait, who's that out there? Well, okay, hey, this, this guy's pretty good. Okay, he's pretty good because you just don't know. You never know what you're going to get. But again, um, I'm I'm just a big fan of this, and I've always have been. Travis, culture, man, culture is something, and everybody's always trying to grab or take away your culture, right? They they want a piece of that culture. They want to hire a coach or bring a player over who are, who was part of that culture that you have in a certain organization. That's what the Dodgers have a culture that's. Already big. I always say when you walk into the Dodgers locker room, you're not you're never going to be the baddest dude in that locker room. Mm-hmm. You never you know what I mean. Like there's not. Think about it, is there a player in baseball right now that can walk in the Dodgers locker room and say I'm the baddest dude in this locker room? No, because I look at you got Scherzer, you got Betts. Maybe. Uh, 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 well, I, I, uh, <laughs> Are you talking about guys on the team right well, now? No, no, that's that's true. Well, maybe Otani, I guess, but I think his. As as humble a player as he is, no, I don't but think your he point is in. a great one because even take your pick of any of the great players in the league. They come in, it's Correct. like okay, get, join the club. We'd love yeah. to have you, but you're not the man here. We've got ten mans. Right? Yeah, like get in line. That's what yeah. it is. It's not a hey, well, this this guy's a savior. It's more of a get in line, and I think that's the beauty of of the Dodgers is that. There is not one guy. There's everybody. Like the best player on the team right now, maybe Max Muncie, right? If you mm-hmm. think about it, outside of the pitching staff and what Walker Bueller's been doing, and that's what gives me, I guess, the confidence that the Dodgers will continue the, this little streak that they've been on. Like I know they dropped one the other day, but they're still going to continue to play good baseball because everybody's buying in. Everybody's doing their part. Even if you're only as good as your weakest link, but yet the weakest link has been the relief pitching, which has been actually phenomenal over the last couple of weeks. You know what I mean? So that's where, again, everybody just doing their job, just doing their part. That's what we're going to see this these uh, next couple of games against the Padres. You brought up Max Muncy, who's in contention to win the National League Most Valuable Player Award. When you said he's probably the best player on the team, you might be right, and if it's not him, it's probably Trey Turner at the moment, who's right. been absolutely unconscious. And, that, and How long have you been here? What, 15 y- minutes? Yeah, day. Yeah, so, <laughs> not, not long, but he's been unbelievable. But you're right, and it, let me – let me explain what the Dodgers have done and are going to continue to do. And if you're a Dodger fan listening to me right now, you're going to love this. If you're a fan of any other team in the National League, you're going to hate what I'm about to say right <laughs> uh-oh, now. Uh-oh, okay? Uh-oh. What you got? This is the perfect combination that should scare the you-know-what out of every other team in, in, in baseball and in How sports, so? really. Show me. What you got? They're the richest guy in the room, 
and they're also the smartest guy in the room. That is a really terrifying combination Ooh. if you're trying to compete against them. Because here's why, oh, Kurt. Let me, let me give you an example. Yeah, I got The richest guy in the room is Jerry Jones. Right. But because he doesn't know what he's doing, they can't get out of their own way. Because his fingerprints are all over it, the team is somewhere between mediocre to not very good because there's too much stuff that he won't let other people that are experts in those things take over. So he's got the money piece figured out, but he doesn't have the administration piece figured out. Let me flip it on its head. Let's go to the Oakland A's in Major League Baseball. They have a guy in Billy Bean who is as good at identifying players and developing players and drafting players and acquiring players from other organizations that are undervalued and turning them in to a quality team. The A's are good every year, and there's not one guy on that team that anybody could name. Okay, that, that's, that's the really smart piece of it. But I'm from because, there, and I can't do it. <laughs> because they have no money, right. they, can't, they can't fill whatever hole they have. If it doesn't work exactly, they lose, and that's the end of it. The Dodgers have more money than anybody to go and get a guy like Max Scherzer and Trey Young at the deadline to blow past the tax threshold to go and do all of these things and get it done, right? Then they're also smart enough to identify a guy like Max Muncy who is on the street or getting close to being on the street and say, you know what, that guy's got something that we can use. Let's bring him in here and turn him into an MVP. So now the guy that's got the wallet that can write the check to Scherzer or Turner or Betts or whoever else is coming up next, Kershaw, they've paid him recently too, is also the guy that said, you know what, that Bickford guy that can't get on the field for the Brewers, I'll take him. That's going to work. That Muncie guy that the A's don't want, I'll take him. The Clevenger guy that nobody wants, the this guy. All of these guys that we don't even think about come in and perform really well for the Dodgers. How do you beat that team? Because, yeah, I don't have any money to spend with them, so I can't, I can't outspend them. But I'm also not smart enough to find the guys to draft the right guys, to trade for the right guys, to acquire the right guys, to designate the right guys. It is the perfect combination of smarts and money, and that's why they've won this division eight years, maybe nine years in a row. It's extraordinary. Well, also, too, and I'm glad you brought this up, because I think we've been in these circles before. We've been to these outings before. We've been to these galas and receptions and the Dodgers are the richest guy in the room, but yet the quietest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Think about it. For as good as they are, they're a very quiet team outside of, you know, some little off-the-field things that I, I definitely don't want to get into. But they've been very quiet in what they've done, right? Now, the names are loud because of you know who they are, but the team overall, the way they play, has been very quiet. I look at the Padres a little bit different. They're the guy that just came into a little bit of money and he wants everybody to know, guess what? Hey, I'm here. You see me? Yeah, I'm the Padres. Hey, everybody, look look at me. I got a lot of money. And those are the guys you're like, yeah. So when you leave the party, you leave the reception, you're like, man, you know the Dodgers were there. Like, oh, man, I, I know they were there. They're quiet. They just, they just go about their business. Where the loud Padre guy is the one that's <laughs> making all the noise, and yet it's still they're trying to play catch up to the Dodgers. The Padres have got to be looking at this like, wait a second, we just paid all this money to Muncie. We made a deal for Darvish. We made a deal <laughs> yes. for, not Muncie, for uh, Tatis. Uh-huh. We went out and got Darvish. We went out and got Snell. We yeah. made all these moves. We thought we had Max Scherzer. We thought Being we had loud. it done. And like, yeah. wait, what? 
<laughs> why, why don't I? Why? How have I lost <laughs> all of these games? How have I gone two and nine in my last eleven? Why am I looking up at the Cincinnati Reds for goodness sakes? <laughs> what in the world is going on here? All right, we'll get to more Dodger baseball coming up in about fifteen minutes. But it is Mamba Day, Kirk. I want to talk about what eight twenty four means to you and which one was better. Was it eight or was it twenty four? It's all coming up next. It's Travis and Slee on seven ten ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. What the smartest guy and the richest guy in the room. That, that, <laughs> that, always, would, be, that yes. would be a fun feeling. I've never been either one. I, I've never, I don't even know if I've been in the top five in right. either one. And certainly was, not in the richest guy in the room conversation. Is that but. what Elon Musk feels like? I mean, is that like, is that like an everyday thing for him? Yeah, they're not – unless Jeff Bezos is over for a yeah, beer. That's <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> the only situation where, where it's not happening. But, yeah, for sure. All right, it's time for some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. want to get everybody involved in this. We're talking about Kobe right now. It's 824 Kobe Bryant Day, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. And you look at Kobe Bryant number eight. Right, and I just want to give everybody some of these numbers here because it's just extraordinary. Played 10 seasons in the number eight jersey. He scored 16,000, call it 900 points. We'll round it off. He had 3,100 assists. He shot 45% from the field, and he won three titles. Okay, that was Kobe Bryant with number eight, a little bit skinny Kobe Bryant, a little bit of the afro, the the Uh pre-bald Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah. Then there's the other Kobe Bryant, 24 Kobe Bryant. See if these sound familiar. Ten seasons, exactly the same. Let's call it 6,800 assists, 100 less, okay, over 10 years. It's 10 a year. It's nothing. Yeah. You, he shot, or he had uh, 3,100 assists. They're literally, over those 10-year periods, there's a 10-assist difference between the two, virtually identical. He shot 44% instead of 45%, and he won two titles instead of three. Both of those players, if they were two separate people, both of them go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Which one was better, Kirk? Wow, man, that's so difficult, man. It really is. I think I gear more toward uh, Kobe 8, man. Kobe 8 was a, was the dude. But I think Kobe 8 was more of a and, – and, and maybe Laker fans may beat me up for this, but Kobe 8 was more of, was more of a Robin than yeah. he was a Batman. Well, he had Shaq. Yeah, that's what I mean. and that's the only reason why. He had Superman. Yeah. Shaq yeah. was Superman. And it was one of the best duos I had ever seen in, with these eyes. And so I like that aspect of it because when Superman needed help, here comes Robin. But then also Superman would move to the side and let Robin do his thing as well. Mm-hmm. And it just always seemed that Kobe would come out of nowhere flying through the air. He was, Remember, Kobe 8 was more explosive. Yeah. Right? Kobe 8 would dunk on you and take your heart, rip it out, and just put it out there on the court for everybody to see. He didn't hold any prisoners, and and he was the, the the younger Kobe, right? He was the more stylistic Kobe. He was the more of the young hip hop generation that was coming through in that late '90s, early 2000s. 
I, I got to go with the young Kobe 8 because that was more of what you wanted to see. Now, I respect Kobe 24 just the same. though. That's why this is really so hard, Travis, because you're, you're, you're forcing me to choose one. Yeah. But, man, you can make valid points for each Kobe, man, Kobe 8 or Kobe 24. Yeah, no, they're both – and they're different. The, the right. numbers are virtually identical. There, there really is not a huge difference between Kobe 8 and Kobe 24 statistically. I just read them off to you, and it's uncanny how similar they both are. But I think it's all the other stuff, right? There, There's yeah. the – the branding of it all. The the Kobe twenty four was the Mamba, right? That right, that yeah. was that was the Mamba version of Kobe Bryant's career. This this relentless competitor, this whatever it takes. I'm gonna outwork you, I'm gonna outthink you, I'm gonna out everything you no matter what, because that's what the the Mamba does, right? I'm right. just that guy. The guy that was brutal on his teammates, the guy that was demanding of everybody around him. And then there was the other version, the number eight. Like you were saying, I kind of like the Robin description, but there seemed to be not – and I, I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want to get this wrong. Not that he was less competitive because I think mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant came hardwired out of the box just, Straight you up. know, I'm going to beat you no matter what, <laughs> I, whatever Correct. it takes. I don't think he, that got more significant. But there did seem to be a little more – fun of Kobe in the eight. Oh, yeah. Just a little a little more light. Lighter might be a better way to do it. Yeah, Maybe not fun, he, just was in, he was in dunk contests and all of that. He was in dunk contests. And, it, <laughs> see, and, and it, again, it's like anybody else from the time that you're 20 to 30, you're still young and you're bouncing around and everything's right. cool and fun and fresh and you want to try something for the, yeah, 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 yeah. And then by the time you're 30 going on 40, you're like, yeah, I've seen this movie before. This, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> do that. And I'm not going to do that. No, that sucks. And I'm not going to go over there because I already know it sucks. And right. he kind of had that whole different mentality. I I think I like the eight version better too, mm-hmm. but man, there's just uh, so many different people, and then that mama mentality is it's affected so many different people in the way that they go about their daily life. I've looked at some of the responses that have come in on Twitter and Instagram from this, yeah. and it's it's really something else. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN eight seven 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 ten three seven seven six. Let's go to Sahid in Granada Hills. Sahid, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up? Hi, how's it going? Uh, Good morning. Hey, sorry, you know, yeah, Sahid, we're having a little trouble hearing you. I, I apologize. It's just uh, we, we can't really hear you coming in. Try us again. We'll see if we can get a little cleaner line and, and understand what it was. Let's try another one. I, this safest bet in town, Kirk. Gardena, <laughs> Manuel. Manuel, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up? Oh, fellas, first off, man, a great show. You know, Kirk Morrison knows how I feel about him. Raider Nation all day. Uh <laughs> As far as uh, Kobe, man, so he was like a few years younger than me, and I just remember when you know we got him out of Lower Mary, and uh, you know nobody really knew, but since you knew his dad was in the league, you kind of had a an idea, man. This kid could be something. Then he takes that summer league by storm in '96. Then, you know, just from everything, I remember the the moment that I knew that it was Mamba was when he went up against MJ, you know, that, that classic battle. And, uh, MJ even was like, man, need like kind of eye open, like, man, I got to watch this kid. So anyway, the Mamba mentality is deep for me, man. When the rift happened, I was working with a dude that was totally team shack, blaming everything on Kobe. Needless to say, man, 
he and I were at odds for weeks on end <laughs> and almost even got to fist the cuffs, man, because I wasn't having no Kobe denials. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I just love Kobe, man. I mean, so spectacular. Like you guys said, although 24 probably brought a little more to the table, eight, eight was baby Jordan, in my mm. opinion. Yeah. It was certainly one of the closest things we've seen to Jordan. Thanks, Manuel. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, you know, he said something there, and sometimes we use this word and we don't mean it in, in the literal sense of the word. You know, I love tacos, right? They're, right. It means I like tacos a lot. I want to eat mm-hmm. them. But hearing Manuel say that, I loved Kobe Bryant. People in this city that had never met him, right. that had never been within 100 miles of him, loved him. Yeah. In the most true sense of the word, they loved him, and you can still hear it. You know, we're still talking about it, you know, years after he's been done playing. Unfortunately, we're talking about it the better part of a year and a half after his passing. And people have – it's not a sports connection entirely. It's, it's that plus a deep emotional connection. I think that Manuel falls into the category of how most people feel where it wasn't just, oh, Kobe was my favorite player. People loved him in the most literal sense of the word. I mean, because we all felt like we we had a piece in raising Kobe. Like, think about it. Like, we he came here as a young, hotshot kid out of Lower Marion High School in Philadelphia. Didn't know much about him. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, he goes on the court. He got the you know confirmation, the validation from Jerry West, and that's all we needed to see. And we watched him grow as from a young kid to a man going through the numbers from 8 to 24, going through adversity off the court, going through hardships on the court, going through injury. Like, when when it happened to, to Kobe, it, like, it happened to us. Like, yeah. remember when Kobe, like, tore his Achilles, we were like, we cried for Kobe because we wanted to see him succeed again and again. It felt like we all tore our Achilles, right? And we're like, man, wait till Kobe gets back. And then all of a sudden he shoots the free throw, right? <laughs> and then he comes back from that. Like, that's the part where we always felt attached to Kobe mm-hmm. in Los Angeles because he was us. He was one of us. He wore that Lakers, but he wore Los Angeles across his chest. You know, it's funny to hear Benwell talk about the Kobe Shaq thing that, you know, we all remember what that was like for those of us that were around at the time. And he said he was a, a Kobe guy. His buddy was a Shaq guy. I was a Shaq guy. I, yeah. I was all in on Shaq, and I really wanted Shaq to stay, and I thought that Shaq was the thing that made the whole the whole thing go, et cetera, et cetera. Man, was I happy to be wrong about that. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? The, thank goodness that that went right. the way that that one did because, you know, not no disrespect to Shaq at all, one of the greats no. of all time, but the, the <laughs> choice between those two at the time was not as obvious as it feels like it was right now. No, I agree. Like Nobody was like – everybody was like, what – you, you're going with the with the kid over the established the diesel, yeah, the diesel. Like what, Superman? But man, like you mentioned, it was uh, one of the best decisions I think the Laker organization has ever made is in making that transition from from Shaq to uh, Kobe's team. All right, let's try another one here. Let's go to Panorama City and Michael. Michael, you are on with Travis and Kirk. What's up, Michael? How you guys doing? Hi, Travis. I've been missing you guys for a long time. Uh, I just wanted to say I'm more for uh, Kobe 24. Um, If you guys remember, uh, Kobe didn't play his last couple seasons, um, and he still came up with the same numbers. So you got to put that in factor. Um, That's pretty much all I have. But, I mean, I love you guys, and thanks for 
Yeah, thanks, Michael. No, he brings up a good point, Kirk, that the end of 24, Kobe, yeah. was he was hurt. The mm-hmm. team wasn't very good. He right. missed a lot of time because of injuries, all of those things. So the numbers that he was able to do, he kind of had to do them in the front part of that 10-year window. You could say the yeah. same thing about the other part. The first couple of years of Kobe, he was good, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't Kobe yet. He was still a guy who was finding his way through the league. That took a little bit of time to Uh figure that part out. That was a part of the thing that he had to get squared away at the the, the end of the tenure run, not the beginning. Uh I think we might have lost Kirk there for a second. We'll see if we can get him back in just a little bit. Let's try one more uh, phone call here. Let's go to Van Nuys and Chris. Chris, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up, uh, Chris? All right, let's try. Let's uh, go to the other Chris, Chris and Palmdale this time. Chris, (laughs) you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up, Chris? What's up, sweet tea, man? So good to hear you in the morning again, bro. Thanks, love, buddy. Love the new show, man. You know, Palm Day to L.A., it's a long drive. You guys keep me going. <laughs> um, um, real quick, uh, 24. 24 was the passionate killer. That's what I used to call him because he would take pride in, you know, just watching Kobe on the court, the way he would just destroy you with the number 24, and he would let you, you know, he would let it be known. What number was he wearing when Matt Barnes did that ball, you know, to the face? 24th. <laughs> Passionate killer. Uh, Kirk Morrison, if you're back, brother, Raider Nation loves you. Uh, thanks, Sweet T. You guys have a great one. You got it, Chris. Yeah, they, look, I, I just I have to stop myself every once in a while. That we're having a conversation about the same man. We're talking about these two careers like they're two different people. We're not comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan. We're comparing Kobe Bryant to Kobe Bryant. There's not too many guys that could do something like that. All right, that's your Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Coming up in 15 minutes, it is the bunch of funch, but we're going to keep taking your calls about Mamba Day, right, 824. So if you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you in just a little bit. Plus, Stephen A. on Kimmel last night was killing it. We'll get into that next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Is it time to change your approach and switch to Air Supra, Albuterol Budesonide? Now you can virtually connect with a doctor to discuss your options and see if it's time to make a change. If appropriate, you may even be able to get a prescription for Air Supra the same day. Talk to a doctor today and see if Air Supra is right for you. Visit airsupraconnect.com to connect with a provider. (laughs) 
I don't think I've ever addressed another person directly without being addressed first for no reason. All right, that, that's a story for another day. We'll get into that with Slee when he comes back next week. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. How about this? Let's go back to uh, Kobe Bryant throwing out the first pitch at Dodger Stadium a million years ago and listening to Vin Scully introduce it because think about this. You talk about a very exclusive group of people. You're talking about a group of people where almost everybody, and I don't even want to say almost, just about everybody loves you. Not just likes you. Oh, yeah, he's all right, but just cannot get enough of you. Vin Scully talking about Kobe Bryant. Do you recognize this man? No, he's not a very tall, slim right-hander. He's not somebody who's trying out for the Dodgers. That's Kobe Bryant of the world champion Lakers. Uh, threw out the first ball tonight. It's a hug from Dave Hansen, and he got an ovation from this crowd. What a brilliant basketball player, young Kobe Bryant. How great is that? How great is that? What a brilliant young basketball player Kobe Bryant is. Kobe at the beginning of his career, and listening to Vince Scully talk about it, just uh, just hearing his voice talk about him, just a, a, a fantastic moment along the way. Let's try one more quick phone call here. Let's go to Van Nuys this time, and it's David in Van Nuys. What's going on, David? How are you feeling this morning? Hey, fellas. Good morning. You know what? I truly feel blessed to be able to experience the Mamba, Mamba Day. I grew up, uh, you know, he's a few years older than me, so I grew up watching him. And uh, honestly, both numbers represent him pretty well, but I really stand for the number eight. It just uh, it shows what kind of a young guy he was, just came in here and took over the city. Um, you know, truly loved the guy and uh, never met him. But, uh, you know, till this day, I don't want to acknowledge it, and I just can't believe till this day that he's not with us. Every time I read something about him, it just hits deep home that, you know, we lost him so soon. It's, uh, you know, we, we are blessed as a city to have him and uh, to be able to actually have both of his numbers retired at Staples. Appreciate the phone call, David. I, I think you speak for a lot of people. I think that what you just expressed are, are the feelings that a lot of people have um, for him and for his career. You bring up a good point about number eight, too, that it, it's hard to go back in time to when Kobe Bryant first showed up. That here, here's what we knew about him. And well touched on this briefly. That Kobe was a high school player coming into the NBA, which had been, you know, kind of a mixed bag at that point. Some of the guys had made that transition pretty effectively, others less so. He was the son of a former NBA player, so we knew he had a pedigree as far as athletic ability goes. But somebody that was completely unknown. And then he comes in, and Jerry West makes a deal for him, which was probably the first time I think a lot of really savvy Laker fans knew that they were on to something. Because if Jerry West says he can play, he can play. right? This isn't uh, a lot of other GMs, and I'm not trying to throw shade at Magic here, but when Magic said, you know, Lonzo Ball's going to have his number and break all my records, everyone went, yeah, slow down. Slow down. Let's, let, let's wait and see. That You know, Magic speaks in hyperbole. Um when Jerry West made that deal, you're thinking, yeah, okay, they're on to something because Jerry West knows what he's doing. Um, but when he came in, it wasn't just instant success. Like when LeBron James came in, LeBron James was the best player on his team. LeBron James was on his way to becoming an all-star right away, all of these other things. But you could see it right away, and you knew it because you'd see it, it was more familiar at that point. But with Kobe, it was, why is he shooting so much? 
Why doesn't he pass the ball to Shaq? Why doesn't he understand his role on this team? He needs to give the ball to Derek Fisher. He needs to get the ball to this guy or that guy. And why is he pushing, you know, why is he doing this? And does he not understand that he's right out of high school? Why is he waving Carl Malone off in an all-star game? Does he not understand that this isn't how it works, that you need to wait for your turn in the pegging order? That Why is he, and there was a lot of what in the hell is going on with him? Only he understood. Like you hear some stories about him in those early days where he wouldn't hang out with the guys and guys would try to pull him aside and say, hey, dude, you know, you're kind of rubbing people the wrong way. You're kind of not ingratiating yourself with your teammates. And his whole response was, I'm better than these guys. And he was right. And not a lot of us saw it in the, in the moment. Not a lot of the guys were able to kind of look at it and say, yeah, you know what? One of the greatest players in the history of the league is in our midst right now. Sure, he's 18, 19 years old, and he's not a finished product yet, but he's right. Nobody was looking at it like that. Everybody was like, just give the ball to Shaq. Will you stop doing this? Just give it to the big fella. Let him do his thing. You can get some shots. You can do your thing. You're, you're an important piece of this, but let's, let's make this thing go through Shaq. And he's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Do you not understand? You don't understand who I am. I understand who I am. And he was so far ahead of the curve from everybody else. It's uh it's a tremendous accomplishment and a tremendous credit to him for what he was able to do. 877-710-ESPN if you want to get in and talk about Kobe Bryant Day, some of your favorite memories, whether you liked 8 or 24 more, which was the better player because there's great arguments on both sides of that. All right, so Jimmy Kimmel is on vacation. Stephen A. was filling in for him yesterday, and I thought that this was just absolutely fantastic. Take a listen to Jimmy Kimmel, or excuse me, Stephen A. filling in for Jimmy last night. In today's fast-paced world, we're all seeking some form of inner peace. Now you can find that serenity through a unique meditation workshop led by spiritual guru and ESPN commentator Stephen A. Smith. Through Stephen's one-of-a-kind mindfulness program, you'll learn techniques that will keep you feeling centered. Let me get this out of the way off top. I am in no mood to be here today, okay? No mood. <laughs> Stephen's unique approach takes meditation to a whole new level. Relax, damn it. Using classic techniques like finding your mantra. Repeat after me. Stay off the weed. Stay off the weed. <laughs> Stephen A. to go along with that is so good. <laughs> you imagine going into your yoga class and there's Stephen A. barking at you along the way. We, you know what this means because that went so well. And I don't know if he can do it because it's not a Disney property or whatever. We got to get Stephen A. on Saturday Night Live. They, they, they've, they've spoofed him before over there. It would be awesome to have him go over there and do something like that. I think that would be a whole hell of a lot of fun. We need to uh, do that. And look, I'll, I'll go with him. I'll go with him. Those shows are so amazing. Million years ago, I had a chance to go and and not work on one of those shows, but Jim was hosting one of those shows. Jim Rome, when I used to work for him, he hosted uh, Craig Kilborn's show one night when he was there. They have just this army of people that come in and write these jokes for you. You just pick the very best ones, and you get to go out there and perform. Just an extraordinary. But to be able to go out there and deliver those jokes. That's a whole nother thing, and Stephen A. absolutely nailed it last night. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, is this alliance going to go the way of the AAF, as in nowhere? But up next, it's Bunch of Funch. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. 
Hey, DoorDash here with the summer of Dash Pass. Right now, Dash Pass members are taking $10 off groceries, alcohol, pet food, and more. You need a nightcap? 10 bucks off. You got a cough? Get relief delivered for less. You want to surprise your crush? Send a gift and save. Try Dash Pass for free and get special savings, exclusive menu items, and $0 delivery fees year-round. Get more from your neighborhood now with Dash Pass in the DoorDash app. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. All right, ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Funch, hit it. All right, guys. uh, Not that you already know this, but Jeff Bezos is winning in life. <laughs> now, we know he he's literally the richest man in the world, but and he can buy anything he wants, but he just bought something that I really, 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 really want. Okay. Now, according to reports, Mr. Bezos just purchased his own personal soft-serve ice cream machine Ooh. that will pump out ice cream for him 24-7. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, you know... I got to thinking, you know, now if money was no object like Mr. Bezos, uh-huh. would you install something like this in your house to have access to your favorite food or drink? And what would it be? And let me give you some examples, Travis. Yeah, okay. Like something like a Starbucks espresso machine. I know you love nice. Starbucks, man. Yep. Um, like maybe some movie theater popcorn machine, you know, Not like bad. you have in the movie theaters. Um, Not bad. This is something I like too. A 7-Eleven Slurpee machine. Not also not bad. So th- th- those are all good ideas. Here, here's my thing. My thing is simple, but it is surprisingly expensive because I've actually gone and done the research on this, and it is. Of course you have. Of course it, you have. It is completely unnecessary, and just th- there's no. You do not need this unless you just want it. And, and here's what I want. I want an industrial ice maker. I oh, want something man. that makes. Damn, the, I wasn't the, even the, thinking about that. The pellet ice, you know, the the little yeah, sort of yeah. like you get at Sonic, the little oh, pellet ice. It is the single most decadent thing that I can. I know it's stupid. I have deep thoughts on ice. There's the barrel ice, which is nice and clear that has the hole through the middle. That's fine. Of course, but it's too big. Okay. There's the bell ice, which is shaped like a top hat that has the little depression in the top of it. Also pretty good, but a little too big. And then there's those crappy ones that are built into your refrigerator like yeah. I have in my house. The I can't do that. ice can't is all that, cloudy and it tastes bad. And they always break. And they always break. So I would love to have an industrial pellet ice maker in my house. That If I ever had disposable income, that would be the very first place I would start with a customized ice maker. Emily, you got anything? I think for me, I'd probably go the route of a very nice pizza maker. It's like one of those ovens that you can put in the backyard. I know like a wood like, fire? Yeah, I know a ton of people have those, but I obviously I don't have a lot of uh, disposable income as well. But if I could, that would probably be the first thing I, I would do because I love making homemade pizza. That's like my favorite thing to do. And I am also just came from the Northeast. Great pizza out there. And so I'd probably get that first. Not a bad choice. I think I would probably go with like, you know, like unlimited kegs or something from a beer place, you know, have a beer tap. Like a, like a bar with a Yeah, something like taps. that. You know, I don't really drink beer, but, you know, for my guests or whatever. And yeah. also a personal Krispy Kreme machine, something that pumps out those donuts. <laughs> Yours are all, I know, so you've mentioned 
popcorn, Krispy Kreme, Slurpees, and all the. Oh, you got a little sweet tooth. Of course in there, I don't do, you man. Find? Of course, yeah. man. I'm not, I'm not yeah. like the savory guy like you, man. But. Give me the ice. I can put it in my drinks. I can make cocktails. I yeah. I'm and, that, and I'll tell you what, machine. that ice machine at work just just as good, man. I don't know yeah, if you use it. It, I have until it's been broken for the last 18 months, but that's a whole nother Good news, it's fixed already. Oh, it's fixed. I'm coming in tomorrow. I'm coming in tomorrow. All right, what's the next one? All right, guys, uh, I got a little game. Uh, so Reggie Miller, he turns 56 today and mm-hmm. one of the greatest shooters of all time. Not sure if he's in my top five shooters of all time, but I thought about it. Maybe he does come in at five, but that's another convo for another day. Now, looking back on his career, he had a, he's a five-time All-Star, but never won a big one. Mm-hmm. We all know that. And it's probably you know due to playing in the same era as MJ and Kobe. Didn't help. Yeah, didn't help <laughs> at all, right? <laughs> but one interesting thing about Reggie, he scored 25,279 career points, which I didn't know he scored that many points in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he makes him. It makes him t- tied for twenty fourth on all times points list with uh, Rick Barry. So with that in mind, I have a game higher or lower. I'm going to give you a player's name, and I want you to guess if it's higher or lower than Reggie's. Uh, you know, total. point total on an all time points list. Okay. All right. So exa- for example, Kobe, you would say higher, higher. and yeah. Kobe scored over thirty three thousand points for all time. We all know that stuff. So yep. I'm going to give you some more names. Uh, let's see. Let's go with Larry Bird. Larry Bird, Travis. Larry Bird played the better part. I'm going to say Larry Bird's higher. Emily. I'd go that way, too. I, You know, he's just an icon, so I would think he'd go higher. It feels like a trick question, though. Probably because they didn't have three-point. No, they the three point, three. Well, it wasn't as many. much of, a, of the game at he that point. He didn't shoot it very often. Wrong. Wrong. Larry How Bird. Many short by? Larry, Bo- Larry Bird is uh, 41st on the list. Mm. He's 41st. He only had 21,791 points. Slacker. Slacker. I've, al- I've always thought that Larry Bird and Reggie Miller are two of those great, great examples of if Larry Bird and Reggie Miller played the way the NBA is played right now, those guys would be virtually They're averaging 30 points at least. Yeah, because they, those guys could shoot as well as anybody. Yeah, true. Um, let's go uh, next guy, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Uh, Emily. Uh, where was Reggie again? Reggie was, uh, let's see, he was 24th all time. Uh, I say Tim Duncan's higher. I think Tim Duncan scored more points than Reggie Miller. And you both are right. Uh, Tim Duncan came in 18th. Uh, he was higher, 26,496. Um, the reason I kind of paused on that one a little bit is because he didn't shoot threes, so you're not yeah. stacking up points really quick. But he did play a little bit. I think he played a little bit longer than Reggie. A little bit, yeah. Uh, next guy, Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Uh, Travis. <laughs> I'm going to say Vince Carter scored more points than Reggie Miller just because Vince Carter, I think, played in the NBA for 438 seasons. <laughs> I think so it was like spanning can... over four decades or something. <laughs> right. If, if you can if you can stick around for four different decades, even if you're not pouring them in at 25 a night, you're going to start to stack up a point total. I will go uh, more than Reggie Miller for VC. Emily, uh, same for the same reason. It's, yeah, like you can't not have that many points when you're when you're playing at a high level, especially at the beginning of career. But like again, when you're playing for 32 years or a million years, it's it adds up. One of you guys are going to have to go against each other one time. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, let's. Uh, Let's say Jerry West. Jerry Ooh. West, Laker legend. Emily. I'm going to go definitely that he did not score as much as Reggie Miller. Travis. He played a long time and was the best player on his team for most of the time that he was in the league. He probably put up a bunch of points. 
and I think this is probably really close. I'm going to say that Jerry West had more points than Reggie Miller. Emily gets a point. There you go. Emily, uh, let's see. Uh, Jerry West was lower, 26, 25,192. And I got one more. Let's just say this person, the person that gets this point wins the game. Okay. All right. Mr. AI, the answer. Oh. I'm going to say Allen Iverson scored more points than Reggie Miller. I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to say that he scored less. Just so that I, if I get it wrong or if I get it right, I win the he points. He had a couple of seasons where he was averaging 30 a game. He was just – he was unbelievable, especially for a little dude. Travis ah. – Allen Iverson has less points career in his career than Reggie Miller. Would never thought. Yeah, no, I would. I, I did get that one wrong. I thought that Allen Iverson was absolutely going to be that guy. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, what exactly is this alliance that the Pac-12 is getting itself into later today? I've read it 400 times. I have no idea what it is they're actually trying to accomplish. But up next, the Padres, the Dodgers in San Diego. Can the Dodgers finally bury the Padres once and for all? That's coming up. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.